You are listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, the podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Tonight, we are going to be talking about CPTSD and Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about grounding and a little continuation on some different grounding effects and things that are very valuable or helpful that you can do when you're feeling triggered and you're having a flashback and you need to ground in order to give any possibility of the adult coming back into control over your child parts. And this is kind of going on with a previous episode that I had recorded a few weeks ago, which seems to be a very popular episode amongst my listeners. So I figured it would be a good opportunity to basically discuss the reasoning for grounding and why it's important. And, you know, it's one of those things that... For a lot of people who suffer from CPTSD, it's very important to do this whenever you feel uh, triggered from a you know a traumatic flashback event. I think that it is important. So let's start talking about it and get into the episode today. As always. Like every other episode that I do record, this is recorded in real time. There is no editing and there is no script. So what you hear is in basically recorded from start to finish without any changes to it. Okay. So, grounding. Well, basically, when we get uh, triggered from a flashback like from a traumatic event, uh, it is a practice that can help you pull away from flashbacks, unwanted memories, and negative or challenging emotions. These techniques that there are out there may help you distract from what you're experiencing and refocus on what's happening in the present. And for many people with CPTSD, they often forget to or simply cannot practice complex techniques complex techniques when they are in the midst of a flashback, intrusive memory, or panic attack. Um, The experiences are too strong and distracting, but there are a lot of different, you know, things that you can do to help, you know, that you might find useful for grounding and pulling away from your flashback and from the child part into the adult uh, world. Uh, As we all know, when a child part gets triggered, your part in the moment believes that it is the current time that the child part was created. So if you've got a part like I have a I have a part that is a time part. And this part was created when I was about five or six years old. And it was developed under the belief that I am was afraid of death and that time moves so fast 
And before you know it, you're going to be 85 years old on your deathbed and you're going to be thinking to yourself, what have I done in this life that was worthy of, you know, the years that I was here on this planet? And you fear or you believe that you're never going to mount anything. And so any sort of traumatic event or related event can trigger a flashback to this time part. So for me, I had this part would kind of become triggered at family events. Like we used to go to my aunt's farm for New Year's. So we'd be there and the sometimes on the 29th of December or, you know, 30th of December, and we'd stay till the 2nd of January. And we'd have a lot of fun. There'd be many, many different people. Like we at one time had 22 family members that came to the event and they all, we all stayed in the house. And there, so there were 22 men and women and children and literally six dogs. And so we all had to find places to sleep. And some of them were in the, you know, there were a couple of bedrooms, there were couches, we had to sleep on the floors. There was an office that was the computer slash uh, library that a lot of a, a couple of us would sleep in. We'd be in the hallways. Uh, actually, one or two people would actually sleep underneath the table. And so, and we'd also have fun, even like we'd have dinner, really fancy dinner that everybody would partake in creating and uh, preparing for for each night. And we'd go out on walks all over the, the area because this was an acreage. So we're out in the middle of nowhere and there's, you know, it's really beautiful. You can see if the moon is, is out, you can see the, the fields and the snow and, and trees everywhere. And so the whole family would go out on these walks. And then the night, like on New Year's Eve, we would get into uh, a game. We would play charades. And it was a family tradition like for, for New Year's. And we had a lot of fun. And we'd split into teams of two and we'd all create, um, we'd do like themes. I think like movies or uh, TV shows because most people knew movies and we would do that and then we would have a giant bonfire out in the middle of the area like she she lives next to a small little like pond slash tiny lake and so we'd have this I think it was probably oh my a good 12 15 feet in diameter and it was like good six, seven feet tall. So this thing would roar and be super hot and you couldn't even stand 10 feet away, you know, close or you'd, you'd get, it just was too damn hot for you. And then of course there'd be fireworks. And I had the great task of setting up the fireworks show and I did it literally every year. It was like my thing. And so we do that at, at midnight as we did the, the countdown to the next, the new year that was coming. And then we'd go inside and play more games and eat a late dinner. And then, you know, it was, it was a, the thing that we always used to do. And 
I would look forward to it every year. It, you know, the time would, would pass and, and you get closer to Christmas. And all I could think about was, I can't wait to go to the, to the farm for New Year's and see all the all my family members and, you know, in the back of my mind, hoping one day that I'd be able to bring a girlfriend or someone that was special to me. And I did manage to do that for one year. And that was a lot of fun. But what would happen is, especially as I got older, and, you know, you kind of had this feeling that there would be less of these coming in the future. And I would get really down, like, or I would be so, like, consumed by how fast like each day would go by and noticing like holy crap it's already the second of june uh, january and we're leaving and where did all the time go and you know i would get sad and i would be feeling really low and just wishing i could go back in time and go back and like repeat it you kind of like uh, that movie groundhog day but instead of repeating a day, it would be repeating the, the last three or four days over and over. And it was one of these things that I just couldn't get over. You know, like most people, they go and they have fun and then by the, by, and they don't think about anything else. And then by the time it's over, they're looking forward to going home and getting on with their life. Where I would constantly just think about how fast time's going uh thinking like oh it's that's day two wow that first day went fast and then you know you all the time you're thinking about how the next day is coming and before you know it it's over and you miss out on a lot sure i had fun and it was a good time but i was consumed a lot of by a lot of it with this whole time part and so it would take away from the overall experience that I would get from going to New Year's. And like other, you know, there are other things like family reunion that I went to a few years ago. Uh, Christmas. Christmas is a big one because I really, really like Christmas. And I kind of get sad every time I take the tree down because I think about, oh, wow, a month already went by. And here I am taking the tree down again for another year, you know, just like over and over and over. And instead of really enjoying the season and getting all the the happiness and the fun and the enjoyment that you get from Christmas, I would, you know, I wouldn't look forward to getting towards the end of the season and it would be really depressing and sad for me. So this was my time part. It was a child part, like I said, that, that was born when I was five. Uh, I think it was five, maybe six years old. And I had, of course, back then, I had no idea that I had a part, right? And Or I was suffering from CPTSD. So I just thought that I was super sensitive and overdramatic. But sometimes I did wonder, there's got to be something wrong with me. And... Over the last few years recently, you know, in, in my most recent years, now after learning about it, I 
discussed with my therapist and my girlfriend uh, about, you know, and then when I was learning that I had child parts, then realizing that this time part was the was a creation that came into into being for me that would get triggered from being like from, well not because i was sad that time, that things were going so fast all the time and that it would be back to normal life it was a triggering because of the flashback going back to when i realized that i was mortal and that I would die someday or I could get sick and die early or that my parents were going to pass away and that people that I loved were going to die and pets that I have were going to die. So it was very traumatic and any any sort of action that could be related to closely or even like necessarily unrelated to the time part or the, the whole idea of death would trigger me and I would get overwhelmed or I'd feel really sad or I would have a hard time pulling away from something or I'd get too excited and enjoy it way too much and at the same time I'd be dreading the idea that it's ending and then almost like counting down the hours and the days to see it end instead of just enjoying the moment and it would a lot of times it would get in the way of just enjoying something as simple as doing an activity for a couple hours. There were, well, there were lots of those situations in my life where that would occur. So, like, I didn't know about the grounding ability and the techniques that were out there. And my therapist was teaching me the, the grounding um tools that I could use and if you remember in the other episode I discussed the grounding tool uh, using the senses right the five senses that you have the hearing the sight the touch the uh, smell and even the taste if you happen to be eating food uh, while you're trying to ground and how effective that is for me. And I know that it's an effective tool for many other people who have to try and ground when they're having a flashback from a traumatic event. And the importance of grounding is really a big deal, especially to someone like myself, because I find that if I didn't, do the grounding technique I would never be able to enter a store or a location or something that is potentially triggering to my child parts without always being triggered and blended and never being able to be the adult and experience life in the present and experience the moments and the pleasures and the fun and you know and be able to see the experiences and feel all the experiences that a normal person who doesn't have CPTSD can enjoy uh, day by day and it it was a tough go at first because you know you learn how to do these things but you 
you're not always successful and it ends up getting very frustrating i i wish i had known this grounding technique when i was much younger well i actually wish i knew that i had cptsd when i was much younger because the progress that i could have made would have been extremely beneficial for me today okay i'm going to take a break and then when i get back what we're going to do is we're going to go over a little bit more about this and then what we're going to do is go and investigate some other techniques that have been suggested that are effective for grounding all right see you in a bit okay we're back and we're going to talk more a little bit about grounding and what it can do and then we're going to get into some other techniques that have been shared and some that i use besides the ones the sense uh, five senses uh, grounding tool that i gave to you in an episode previously so here's the thing when we're doing grounding the big key here to make sure that you know we're doing it effectively is to try and do obviously breathing so when we're when we're doing the work what we need to like the whole key to this is grounding keeps us like level and it keeps us like above the the threat of where being triggered can cause harm not only to yourself like if you're by yourself then it also causes it's it potentially causes harm to people that you love um just like a girlfriend or a husband or wife um maybe your boss uh, if if you happen to get triggered at work it can be damaging in numerous ways but it can hurt your family and it can it it prevents the ability to have a chance at healing because as we have probably experienced many times every time we get triggered and we have a flashback and we don't ground or if we're having a difficult time grounding then it makes it a lot harder to process and to have a chance to update our parts so that down the road and over time we can heal and make ourselves have fewer flashbacks and give us a, a much better possibility of living happier lives without grounding it would make it next to impossible to do the rest you know you don't ground you can't process if you can't process you can't update and healing just is basically impossible okay i hope that was clear uh, if you do have any questions or if ideas or something that you want to let me know of you can go to my website for living with adhd and cptsd and give me a a few words you know drop me a line let me know what you think of the show and i'd be greatly appreciative to hear from you guys don't be shy um the more people we know the better 
and I am on Facebook. Uh, I have my own page, of course, living with ADHD and CPTSD. And you can also find me on Twitter. So if you search for living with ADHD and CPTSD on Twitter, then you can follow me and you'll find a whole bunch of great people on Twitter that are very, you know, good at, at knowing ADHD. Um, they suffer from it themselves. There are experts and psychologists out there that um, on CPTSD and you know, it's, it's a great tool to help. Uh, I definitely, of course, recommend therapy if you haven't gone. Um, although if you have been diagnosed, then you do, you know, usually go see a therapist to get that diagnosis. If you think you have CPTSD, I definitely recommend making an appointment with a psychiatrist or a psychologist and be prepared to talk about your feelings, talk about your uh, trauma, you know, your past events that you believe uh, led to the development of CPTSD. And it all will help towards healing and being able to move on, um, or at least live have a better chance of living your life and not suffering from triggers and flashbacks or at least very minimal all right let's continue so here are a bunch of examples of tools and examples of people who suffer from cptsd that are really good techniques to help ground okay so I name everything I can see as fast as I can, and I try to picture the words in my mind. So basically, you know, you look at a different, you look at all the different things, and you try to name them as 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 fast, fast as you can, and then you, at the same time, you try to picture the words. So, you know, a good example is if you're on in the park, and you try to see and name everything you can see. So dog. Uh, person, tree, grass, uh, like if there's a lake or a stream, you know, say stream, and then you want to picture those words in, in your mind as you're saying them. Uh, uh, one, this one's really good. Um, if you're listening to music, uh, try to picture the lyrics as words in your mind. Well, that's, I actually have done that. Um, I just didn't realize that I was actually doing it. So, you know, listening to the song, and as the words are going, you know, being sung out, you're picturing the lyrics. So you can see the words in your mind as they're being spoken or, or sung by the, the artist. That actually is pretty cool. Uh, okay, so starting to started to write down words of feelings or emotions or unwanted thoughts. And then you can either keep it or you can burn or screw it up and throw it away. That actually is quite interesting. I've I never thought of that one. So yeah, you could write down the words of the feelings that you're experiencing during the trigger and the flashback. That's actually pretty cool. Okay, this one's a little more... In, uh, I find this one fascinating. Um, I use art for my 
CPTSD and I have found that having lots of art supplies around me at home and being able to touch paintbrushes and such really helps me when I am triggered. So that's cool. I wonder how many of you out there have thought of doing that. Okay, here's a, this is a little more easy to do. Uh, running cold water over my wrists. Uh, apparently it's easy to do at work or at other people's houses. Uh, listening to the ticking of my watch and try to shut out everything except the ticking. And then using the ticking from the watch to control breathing. That actually is a very good focus uh, less, uh, you know, trick as well. For someone like myself who suffers from ADHD as well, as you all know, that could be a very difficult one to do. Uh, I've seen this one before. Stamping my feet and then twiddling my thumbs. Uh, it's like a you focus on it and it distracts you. And then it allows, if you continue to do it, then you can, it allows you to eventually come out of the trigger and unblend. Um, let's see, breathing in for, oh, okay. So one to five breathing. So you breathe in for one, breathe out for one, and then you go breathe two, out two. So, and then you go till five or even six. So you go, you breathe in for two breaths. So, and then out for two. Okay, that's actually kind of cool. All right, uh, another one is if I'm alone, which frequently am, I can hold my own hand and try to imagine I'm not alone. Uh, stops me from digging my nails into my hands. Ooh, yeah, that's, I can see how that could be helpful. Um, all right, so speaking, say I am safe, take a deep breath, relax my muscles from scalp to toes. See, this is a good, I've actually heard of this technique before, and my therapist was teaching me this, where you would breathe slowly in and out, and then you would try to find the sensations that you're feeling in your body. So you would start at the head, so the top of the head, and then you would feel like the sensations, like if this, if your skin feels like it's crawling or if it, the, the type of sensation that your hair, head is feeling, and then move down to your eyes and your ears and your nose, mouth, then your neck, and then your shoulders and your arms, elbows, hands, you know, move down to your back and then your hips and, you know, you know, private areas and, and then all the way down to your toes. And then you can try to relax them at the same time. That actually is a very effective one. I like that one. You guys should try that. If you are looking for something that is effective and is a good idea, I think that the uh, relaxing the muscles from scalp to toes is a real good one. Now, if... Another one here is if you're with a person or talking on the phone, uh, you can describe the room or place that you're in with lots of sensory details. So this is like one of the five sense, senses grounding technique uh, tools that you can use. So basically describing the room, right? Like there's a beige wall and I see a picture frame with my dog. He's, there's five photos. It's a like a kind of a fake wood frame and then there's a clock on the wall and I have a, a cork board with some stuff posted on it. 
Um, then there's on the other wall, there's a photo of some pictures that I've taken with my calendar. So yeah, you can, you know, that's, that's actually really good. Oh, this one's nice. Okay. Smelling essential oils. Um, I've had the, you know, blessing of, of having a girlfriend who really is into essential oils. And she always, you know, gets me to sniff them uh, when she's checking them out and deciding which one she'd like to get. And it's really kind of, it's very cool when you get to experience these new scents that, you know, I've never really smelled before. And thinking about it and just taking it in for a few seconds and going, oh, that is so cool. That's really nice. And then trying to describe to the best of your ability, what that sense like, how it feels, you know, it could be difficult for some people to do, but I think that would be fun. All right. Um, oh, this is a, this is actually a updating technique as well. When you're trying to talk to your parts and you're trying to update them to show them that, uh, you're safe, that everything's okay. Right. This one says, I tell myself, that was then, this is now. It did happen, but it will not anymore. That, yeah, that is exactly something that I have been taught to do when you're updating a child part or parts that have been triggered. You, you're trying to get your parts to trust you that you're safe and that, sure, this, this horrible thing happened to you in the past, but you know, I'm 43 years old now and I don't, you know, I'm in control of my, of myself and I decide what happens and what doesn't and I'm okay and it won't happen again. And you do this over and over again every day with your parts and they will soon trust you and the odds of getting triggered are a lot less. Okay. So I sit outside and listen to the birds and trees blowing. And if it's raining, it is even better. And deep breaths as well. It calms me down. You know, I like doing that. I like going to the park and just sitting on the bench and listening to the birds, like, in the, like all the different noises that are going on. Uh, this kind of relates to the sound uh, part of the five senses tool. I think that's a real good one, especially the rain is great. I love listening to the rain. That could, that's a real good, uh, grounding technique because then you're focusing on the rain and nothing else. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have recently used my feet. I curl them tight and stretch them out. I use it in conjunction with others or sometimes alone. It helps me focus in my feet and not on my body. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that would really work well. Hmm, I take myself off in imagination to a forest. Oh, cool. So it's like going to a place that you love to go to, like a forest or on a... Yeah, well, that's actually a really good one. Uh, easy distractions of calm things like looking at the horizon, gazing at the clouds and stars. Uh, basic house chores. You know, that's actually a good one. Okay, um, I'm just going to be back f uh, on a quick break, and then we'll continue with a few more of these things, okay? All right, talk to you soon.
Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so there's a few more that I'd like to go over real quick. Um, there's a couple of ones that are my favorite, actually. Uh, I like this one about walking barefoot on grass and noticing the sensations on your feet. Also, you could go on your knees or you could sit down and with your hands go back and forth along the grass clippings or the the the, the little shades of glass of grass that are on there and feel how it is on your hands i think that's really cool and then um oh i like this one actually now that i think about it looking around me and spotting a thing for every letter of the alphabet that one would be really fun to try. I'm curious to how well I could do for that. Uh, okay, smell my dog's neck and ears if I'm at home. Uh, or ask for a very long, very tight hug from my husband. A hug from anyone else that like that wouldn't work in the moment as he is the only person I trust implicitly. Aw, well, isn't that cute, hey? Well... Basically, there's all sorts of really good ones here. If you are interested in looking at more of them, as there's a lot, I would say go to this website. It is www.ptsduk.org slash grounding hyphen techniques hyphen four hyphen PTSD hyphen c hyphen ptsd uh, it's a really great website it's got a lot of information a lot of helpful uh, tips and advice for people who suffer from cptsd i definitely look at going to that website and there are other things that you can get information from as well so i definitely recommend going to that site um to wrap things up today, I want to emphasize how important to everybody who suffers from CPTSD and has triggers that cause flashbacks for your child parts. Grounding is extremely important. It is the first step to unblending from your child parts to give the adult the ability and the possibility of coming back online and being in control and then it also will allow you to listen to your parts find out what's going on how they're doing their concerns that they have and then getting their trust and updating these parts so that your likelihood of having another flashback in the future are less and less just remember it takes a lot of work this isn't a simple thing and I definitely recommend doing it because it will be very helpful for you and for people that you love in the future. And I know I do a lot of different grounding techniques. Uh, the ones that I've seen here, I am definitely going to look at and try and see how effective they are because it looks really cool. And I'm very excited for the opportunity that I found here. Okay, everybody, my website again, if you want to go and take a look and leave me, a, you know, some information or 
give me a, a heads up, or, you know, anything like a good friendly message or compliments, or if you have a suggestion for a show, an episode for CPTSD, then the website is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. And again, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I have my own page there. And yeah, this was a really fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know that I am having a lot of fun coming up with episode ideas from personal experiences that I have been having throughout my time that I've known that I've had CPTSD. And, you know, remembering stuff from my past. It is not too difficult. Like, I don't think I've ever been triggered because of doing an episode that I can recall. Uh, I do a lot of work and I take my time making sure that these episodes are properly thought out. Um, There is no editing and no script, but I do want to make sure that what I'm creating for you, the audience members, is a an enjoyable episode and I'm going to be creating many more and I am hoping to get some uh, interviews done with a few people uh, in the future maybe next season you know a season when I'm uh, have a little more experience doing this and I get to know a few people And if any of you want to record your own experiences and play them on the air with me, I would be more than happy to do so. So, yeah, let's uh, keep in touch. Uh, I'll have a new episode next Saturday, and I may even have a few Halloween treats for you as the audience. All right, everyone. Have a great week, and I shall talk to you again. Bye.